Well, Brad, how'd you like to do a little kissing later? It's <laughs> a line that Steve Martin had at Looney Tunes. He's a villain who asks for consent. <laughs> You're right. You look like you're gonna throw up. Oh, there it is. talk more <clears throat> Hollywood films yeah oh, all right is it Brad season or Kevin season it's both I don't understand what you're talking about <laughs> the first movie that we're gonna be talking about I'm giving you a clue uh okay <clears throat> well uh, listeners, I'm as confused as you are by whatever the fuck that just meant. Um, and by listeners, you mean <laughs> me <laughs> and Eddie. And Eddie. And yep. Sci-Fi Buddha Gregory. Yes. Sci-Fi Buddha Gene, good to hear from you. We haven't heard from you at all. Check the phones. See if we got any calls coming in. Nope. Uh, so anyway, yeah, this is the bonus show for the Hollywood movies topic. Uh, on the last show, we discussed Once Upon a Time. In Hollywood. Uh-huh. Um, and on this show, we're going to discuss the films that didn't quite make it. Oh. On the main show. Not that they were bad. Uh... <laughs> you think all three of these were bad? No. I thought they were fine. I thought they were all fine. Okay. They're all fine. Yeah, they're fine. They're all fine. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll be back <laughs> with the preview episode. Yeah. These are all fine. Um, So we're going to be discussing, I believe, first up will be... Looney Tunes back in action, which yeah. is your choice. Yes. Uh, then we will go to the Stuntman, which is my choice. Stuntman. And yes. then we'll wrap it up with Wes Craven's new nightmare. That's right. It ain't that old nightmare. Yeah. That's bullshit. Anyway, so uh, Looney Tunes back in action. Yeah. Why did you choose this? Let's kick it off. Um, let's see. 2003 was when this came out. I <laughs> I, uh, I really uh, enjoyed this movie when I first saw it. So I wanted to re-watch it and also maybe subject you to it if you hadn't seen it yet. But I think you have. Uh, I actually had, yeah. Um, I remember seeing this because 
I got this book that was like the the whatever it was some arbitrary number hundred or five hundred and one one of those books of um it was whatever the number was hundred hundred movie scenes that are essential to cinema or something like that this was in it uh yes uh the the sequence where uh they go to the louvre and they're the Looney Go through Tunes. the paintings? Yeah, the Looney's are oh. running through the paintings and they're being depicted as though they were painted by Picasso or I feel like that's, Edward Munch. I feel like that's an homage to actual Looney Tunes, an actual Looney Tunes cartoon, though. Yeah. Um, Edward Munch. I do think it's a great scene. Yeah, um, But anyway, yeah. So you ain't that, lying. That, that's what... Mm-hmm. That's why I saw it initially, and uh, I remember liking it a lot when I saw it, which is probably around like 2005. It was a couple of years after the movie came out. I remember being like very shocked because that book was published like a year after this movie came out. I was like, you know, it was right next to like, wow. you know, scenes from like Silence of the Lambs. Rose and one, colored glasses one of the One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And it was like, oh, and really? Looney Tunes back in action makes it? Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, like I, I watched it. I remember was really, it alphabetical? It's like Lawrence of the Arabia, <laughs> Lawrence of Arabia, Lawrence of the Arabia, <laughs> Lawrence of the Arabia. <laughs> you literally just said that. Followed by, well, I'm drunk. <laughs> Looney Tunes back in action. Uh, we have a title for the bonus show: <laughs> Lawrence of the Arabia, <laughs> the Arabia. Um, Capital R. <laughs> definitely. Okay, good. It's the Arabia. That's right. Anyway. <laughs> um so did you like this this time you liked it the first time we saw it i imagine um i liked a lot of it um like i liked kind of the first bit of it and a, a bit near the end but i don't know it was uh there was a lot of it that i just thought was like but i mean it, it also it's not it's i don't know i almost just said it's family it's a family movie but is it <laughs> Because there's a lot of not family-friendly jokes in it. Agreed. So, I don't know. It's, uh... I guess I still liked it fine. Like, I would watch it. Remember when I said, these movies are fine. Yeah. And you were like, oh, they're fine. Yeah. I wasn't thinking of this one. Yeah. I wasn't thinking of this one. Um... Like, I I agree with that, actually. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of good stuff in this movie, but... Uh, so like uh, the plot being um that daff like <laughs> daffy gets fired you know so like cartoon characters are treated like real people in this movie yeah, kind of is, a roger rabbit ish yeah yeah which is, which is kind of fun um I, I don't know if they go far enough with it because um, yeah. it, it's pretty much relegated to like bugs and daffy and then there's like a handful of other looney tunes characters yeah. in it and some other uh, Warner Brothers intellectual property. Yeah. Uh, Scooby-Doo and Shaggy once, an appearance. Once they get off the Warner studio lot, it's pretty much just Bugs and Daffy with the occasional villain. Again, you know, sort of like uh, on the last show, we mentioned Jane and Bob Strike Back, uh, how like they made a lot of like in-jokes about Miramax. Like, I think this does kind of like similar things with oh, Warner shit. Brothers where... So Daffy is Jay and Bugs is Silent Bugs. <laughs> uh they they do similar things where like it, it opens with like the boardroom uh and like yeah. literally all like they literally have the warner brothers who are yeah. like 
twins and then like all the other executives sitting at the table look exactly the same they're just like pasty white guys with the same like kind of clever yeah like i i think that stuff is kind of fun um (laughs) i wrote lethal weapon babies yeah the poster for that Uh, finally a lethal weapon movie i can bring my kids to yeah like I, yeah i think there were like a lot of good like uh sort of in jokes in the background yeah. like that like it, that doesn't really call attention to itself but yeah. like it's noticeable and the cool like one bug shows up at the in that boardroom at the beginning he says hi to mel and chuck and bobby which are references to yeah old looney tunes producers artists whatever yeah directors so who's chuck chuck jones i'm kidding uh who's that and Mel Blanc, of course, voiced Bugs for decades. Yes, uh, as long as, uh, as well as a bunch of other characters. So uh, yeah, I heard I heard a piece of trivia recently where he got thrown out of, I think it was out of the premiere of Space Jam. Mel Blanc did. Yeah, because he was too just drunk, shitting on it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Uh, Mel Blanc doesn't take any shit. Might have been like an after party or something like that. Um, you gotta go. This movie was trash. <laughs> yeah, but so like I actually think it's interesting to wait. Or, did he voice Bugs for that movie? No, I don't think he did. Okay. Um, but like to compare that movie with this one, which so Looney Tunes back in action is it starts out uh like on the Warner Brothers lot. Uh, Daffy gets fired because uh they don't think he's like. Uh, yeah, he's not funny popular anymore. enough yeah. he's not funny and the idea is that he is essential to be like as like a foil for bugs bunny and so without him bugs isn't quite as funny so uh they kind of go after him <laughs> which and... happens the same day that he's fired they realize yeah. that they need him yeah <laughs> Uh, and then uh, Daffy pairs up with Brendan Fraser who is like a security guard who gets fired from the Warner Brothers lot uh whose dad uh starred as like uh a quote-unquote James Bond <laughs> right uh he's played by Timothy enough, Dalton yeah <laughs> uh and then it turns into like a, a spy movie yeah and I that's dumb <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I mean yeah. I, don't, I don't really know another way to uh to spy movie that. slash road trip movie and then it becomes a space adventure and then <laughs> you know because marvin the martian yeah i guess because you gotta have you gotta have the uh, other villains in there yeah which i i do i did like that part enough that like i thought it was clever that all the warner brothers cartoon uh enemies ended up being like henchmen villains of the main villain who was played inexplicably <laughs> by steve martin using an accent that i have no idea what it was uh it 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 actually made me wonder why anyone ever thought steve martin was funny i was thinking the same thing Uh, i was like oh steve martin's doing steve martin things yeah it, it that was that was pretty bad um but like i i guess the thing with this is um you know, like and also the, Steve Martin's sidekick, played by former world champion Bill Goldberg. <laughs> yeah, world champion of what? Uh, uh, professional wrestling. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but no, like I, part of what I, I don't know sort of confused me about this was like I, I don't understand what this 
plot had to do with Looney Tunes. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I don't know how this added to the Looney Tunes or how the Looney Tunes added to this plot. Like, why Why was... What the, action were they back in, exactly? You, yeah, like, it literally <laughs> could have been anything. And this seemed like a James Bond send-up, but they, you know, James Bond is MGM, so they couldn't actually do James Bond. So it's just like, what... Right. What were they doing? Like, why was this... It's the, just the relaunch yeah. for the Looney Tunes in in movies. Whereas, like you know, Space Jam, it's not as you know, it's it's a bad movie, obviously, but like they at least incorporated Looney Tunes in a way that made some sense. Where like the yeah. monsters wanted to come and steal them because they were super entertaining, you know. Whereas like in this, it's just kind of like they get fired off a lot and then they go. And they're in a James Bond premise. And it's like, why? <laughs> part like, James Bond, part I, Men in Black, part... Yeah, and then it's just odd. like Brendan Fraser as the fired uh, guard and Jenna Elfman as the soon-to-be-fired executive who fired Daffy. And they're just hanging out, going on like a international adventure. Yeah. It's like, I... I it, it it's it's such a baffling premise to me with like f- smart kind of funny scenes kind of spliced throughout like we just saw the scene of the uh psycho send up with bugs uh pretending that he's getting murdered in the shower and he actually dumps hershey syrup down the drain which yeah. i thought was pretty actually kind of funny cuz that's you know what they actually used for that scene in psycho which, but like it's it's also like a little bit it doesn't fit anything <laughs> yeah yeah like it doesn't actually like it's not it doesn't it doesn't fit into the movie in any way that makes right. any sense and it's also just like so on the nose or it's just like yeah all right uh it, you know it'd be it'd be one thing if that like again if that fit into the movie if that if that were a thing that made sense in context but it kind of doesn't it's just like a yeah. little skit inside of a movie right and i think that's kind of that's kind of like part of my problem i i think i mentioned it a little bit on the on the main show that we did where like i, I think part of the problem with this is that the looney tunes work really well as like six to eight minute shorts yeah you know but like when you put them all into you know a 140 minute movie or no it's not 140 minutes it's an hour and 40 minutes um yeah. You know, like, I feel like a lot of these are, like... 140 minutes, Jesus Christ. That would be fucking torture. (laughs) Uh, But, like, I feel like a lot of these are, like, Looney Tunes gags, but, like, uh, over this period of time, it just doesn't work. It's just, like, these are meant to be, like, kind of get in and get out, uh, like, kind of quick things. Because even within, like, those six to eight minute shorts, like, usually they have, like there's like 10 different little segments to it. Like, uh, you know, yeah. like an Elmer Fudd Bugs Bunny cartoon. There's, there's nine different setups and premises in there. And there is like, it, it stays pleasantly for a while, I would say, but you know, cause there's good, you know, with Daffy Duck kind of having like just <laughs> kind of assholey one-liners 
mm-hmm. dur- during certain scenes. But then, yeah, it definitely gets to a point where it's just like goes completely off the rails and you're just kind of like, all right, when is this going to fucking end? Like when it just gets way too just <laughs> ridiculous and like you don't even want to follow it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I-, I don't know. It-, it also does a thing like we, we, we kind of mentioned this a little bit with um, Detective Pikachu. Boy, yeah. I, I good enunciation there. Yeah, <laughs> Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu. Um, no, we also mentioned this with Detective Pikachu, where you know it just sort of like wedges in a bunch of the other Pokemon for no reason, and I think yeah. it does it a little bit more fluently in this movie, but it is just like it's just wedging them in like oh here's yosemite sam he owns the casino that they go to in las vegas and the only reason they go to vegas is to meet yosemite sam like (laughs) narratively that's the only reason like it it could have been anything else but they have to just to go to present another character and again why does yosemite sam have a casino in las vegas no one (laughs) no one knows yeah like why would that be it's not the wild (laughs) west yeah um and then they end up in a desert so naturally they get they fight wily coyote coyote and then you know they eventually end up in space and then it's marvin the martian and then it's like (laughs) yeah which i liked that as like i mentioned earlier i like that aspect of them being kind of like henchmen for steve martin's just weird character whatever he was like the president of acme which is you know again if you know looney tunes that's the acme's their kind of fictitious fictitious company that is in all their cartoons if you know looney tunes who the fuck doesn't know looney tunes i don't know who's this movie for (laughs) yeah i I agree with that um what did you think of the animation style of the looney tunes characters in the live action settings there there were moments where i really thought that it was well done and other moments where i was like nah not so much yeah, well, it's weird because in, uh, like, at the opening of the movie, they show, they basically show, like, the Bugs and Daffy short film that they're working on that Daffy gets fired from. Yeah. And it's, it looks like traditional Looney Tunes animation. Um, but then in, like, the live action, quote unquote, segments, uh, the cartoons have a much different style of yeah. animation. It's like fucking that, cool world in here. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Jesus Christ, that's what this movie is, isn't it? <laughs> Brendan Fraser is Brad Pitt, and he's in Cool World. <laughs> that's a movie I haven't seen in a long time. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen it. I actually wrote a note here that says, I don't know what that voice is that Steve Martin is using, because it changes in every scene. There was one joke that I liked when they... Cause, <laughs> Um, the studio executive played by Jenna Elfman and Bugs Bunny end up following uh, the trail of Brendan Fraser and Daffy to Vegas. Mm-hmm. And at one point they get into Vegas and uh, Jenna Elfman's character says, there's got to be 314 hotels and 142 casinos in Las Vegas. We're never going to find them. And I thought that was kind of funny. I was like, oh, it's, it's probably exactly how much there are. I didn't, I didn't notice that. Yeah. That was probably the only part that I kind of chuckled at and rewound. Because uh, I was to, like, did I just hear that right? Should I edit in, like, r- you know, ravenous applause? Yeah. And... Do like a do like an audience laugh. Because I, I didn't have my uh, soundboard. Yeah, so. there you go. Um, it wasn't well received. 
<laughs> um, so the Louvre scene. Yeah. Which was the reason that I initially saw this movie. I actually do think that's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Um, where um, Elmer Fudd is chasing them through artwork in the Louvre. Yes. And so then they get depicted as, you know, in the style of these other paintings. Uh, And yeah, I I, I think that's, it's, it's a really entertaining scene. And I think part of the reason is one that I think it's pretty inventive. Um, But two, I think it's, it's one of the ones where, uh, like Brendan Fraser and Jenna Elfman are elsewhere. Yeah, and so it's it's one of the scenes where the Looney Tunes it's actually Looney Tunes just short. get yeah to be the Looney Tunes. Um, so like that's kind of where it works. Um, and yeah, like I actually do think that uh, Looney Tunes are kind of high art. So the idea of them being juxtaposed with like the scream and you know other famous paintings on display in the louvre like i i sort of agree with that uh are you are you also saying that the worst parts of this movie are the humans uh one thousand (laughs) percent Uh, yeah, like, uh, as you're reading, uh, your note about Steve Martin earlier, I, I looked at my phone and I saw my note that said, it, it just said, Steve Martin was wrong for this. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was thinking about when I was watching it, cause granted I didn't watch Big Fat Liar, but as you're telling me about, about that movie, I'm like, I kind of want Paul Giamatti to play the head of Acme. <laughs> you know what? He would have been great for this. Yeah. Because, like, part of my criticism, or not criticism, but, like, part of my thing with that was, like, Paul Giamatti is basically just playing a cartoon character in that movie. Whereas Um, Steve Martin was, like, you, he was maybe trying to do that, but he was just being weird for the sake of weird. Yeah. And it didn't, it didn't fit. It didn't fit at all. Like, he, he he was just, like, in a completely different film. Yeah. Um, And, boy, he was not funny. No. Has he been funny? in a long time what was the last good steve martin movie i don't know the last good steve martin movie i mean there was that nancy myers movie where he got stoned in the bushes whoa (laughs) um but i said last funny movie i remember liking shop girl but was it funny i mean he wrote that it's based on his book i remember liking novocaine but was that funny was, yeah, Novocaine's pretty funny. I haven't seen that in years. Although, that's actually disturbing, because they scalp somebody in that. Wow, I don't remember that at all. Oh, I remember that real clearly. Oh, cool. They found Real Walmart. clearly. Yeah. How do you like the Walmart uh, product placement? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, I didn't mind it because they were, you know, obvious about it and deliberate. Like, oh, these low prices and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> all right. So, they were, but also... It it felt very Walmarty. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I I don't know if they did a good enough job of like satirizing that they were doing product placement, just coming out of nowhere. Like, yeah, hey, there's a Walmart. Also, yeah, there you go. Maybe instead of just being one of his stupid uh, nameless uh, VPs around his table, Ron Perlman should have been the uh, 
the main bad guy instead of Steve Martin. But he probably wasn't a big enough name in 2003. Mm -mm. Fun fact, this came out a week before or a week after The Cat in the Hat. Wow. Which one do you like better? The Cat in the Hat. 100%. Awkward. (laughs) (laughs) This debuted at number five. After Elf, Master and Commander, Matrix Revolutions, and Brother Bear. Uh, three of those are interesting movies. Yeah. And Looney Tunes Back in Action also boasts the second biggest post-Thanksgiving drop in history. <laughs> Negative 78.8%. Well, it went down by that much? Yeah. Yeah, after Thanksgiving weekend. Mm. And yet... One of the highest rated movies we've got as far as the cinema score goes. Folks leaving the theater getting polled. P O L L E D. I mean, Jan Bob would have another yeah. Yeah, way would. of interpreting that. Yeah. Poll smokers. <laughs> I mean, isn't that what Jan Bob reboot starts out with? Yeah. Pole no, smokers, weed. Cock smokers. Oh, cock smokers. Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry. Some, some more sort of, sophisticated. Some sort of weed dispensary with a with a rooster on it because cock and, you know, rooster, that joke's never been done before. Uh, will you do me a favor? Yeah. Will you punch me in the fucking face? <laughs> <laughs> like uh, now? Uh, yeah, just. Why? Uh, you know, if we're going to You see... want to forget that you watched the trailer so we can watch it again? Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Anyway. Uh, oh, man. I forgot about the Area 52. Yeah, that's why I said Men in Black earlier. Super secret spy shit. Wow, I totally missed that one. Yeah. All right. So that's that's Lunatic. All right, so maybe it's not as good as I thought it was. <laughs> no, well, you know, the thing is, like, it, it's not as good as I remember being. I actually remember really liking this, but I think I was, like, kind of trying to like it because I did like that Louvre scene. Yeah. And I, I really like Joe Dante. I must have been high as fuck. I wish I had been high <laughs> as fuck. Um, I don't know. It's all right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's fine. I think there are a couple, like, there's some good jokes in it, but overall if you take steve martin out of it it'd probably be significantly better (laughs) yeah well i mean i also think like adding him in it and having like that evil motivation like it adds like a will to some of the looney tunes that they're like against each other and it just kind of doesn't really well it's also that dumb like villains who know their villains thing where it's like ah we're evil we're gonna do this it's like "Ah, all right this is dumb Mm -hmm. like come on I did like a lot of the, uh, like the fake James Bond movie titles. Like there are movie posters all over, uh, for license to spy, Ali Ali Oxen spy, (laughs) Ali Ali Oxen spy. That's right. Code name operation conspiracy. (laughs) More is never enough. (laughs) The spy spy is is me. me. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, a lot of those kind of made me laugh. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I mean, 
did you like this more or less than Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back? More. Oh, wow. Uh, way more. Like, I actually don't think it's a bad movie. I think it's a fine movie. Um, but... I believe Metacritic liked it. Nope, they liked it more. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> well, Metacritic for Jansen Bob was like 51 or something. Yeah. What was it for this? Uh, 64. Yeah, I think that's about right. They liked it five points less than Barton Fink. <laughs> <laughs> That's about right. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, so, yeah. Should we move on? Yeah. They win at the end. Spoiler. <laughs> That's Looney Tunes back in action. They win whatever the fuck it was that they were winning. They stopped Steve Martin from doing whatever he was doing. Turning the world into monkeys or whatever bullshit that was. The stump man. More like the cunt man. <laughs> you tried to give me a glare, but you're smiling too big. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh. Peter O'Toole is kind of a cunt man in this one, wasn't he? <laughs> the stuntman. Yeah. My choice. Your choice. Mm-hmm. One choice that you made that you <laughs> did not renege on. <laughs> yeah, the only choice that I did not uh, <laughs> modify in some way. Um, yeah, this is a movie that I, I've, I had wanted to see this movie for like a decade. Uh, I don't really know why, uh, I don't know where I heard about it, but like, I just always heard that it was like this sort of like forgotten gem of the eighties and, uh, nominated for three Oscars. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Director, actor, writer and actor for Peter O'Toole. Um, I think so. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but it was always like the like kind of a hard to find DVD, um, and yeah, like I, I I I don't know for some reason I just always wanted to see it and I never never got to, so uh, I chose it for this, and I will say that I was kind of let down by it. I had pretty high expectations for this, and I thought it was okay yeah uh would you disagree with that no i would agree with it um i I really wish it wasn't two hours and 11 minutes yeah i mean that's the thing is like i I think this is a great like 100 minute movie the funny thing is is we picked this before um we saw once upon a time in -hmm. hollywood yeah and a lot of the same things that i wasn't a fan of in that i wasn't a fan of in this which was just the extended scenes of just like okay get on with it yeah like they uh, would do entire like action sequences in this movie i mean he's the stuntman he's got to do the stunts but it's like okay i get it he's doing a stunt scene (laughs) yeah so like a a lot of like i've read a lot of reviews for this um over the years like before i saw and and the one thing that like all the positive reviews uh they they highlight this 
this concept where, um, uh, you know, so this guy is like a fugitive and he is running from the cops and he happens upon this movie set uh, where this sort of egotistical director, uh, you know, casts him as a stuntman and all the reviews like highlight the idea that like the director like constantly puts him in these like more perilous like dangerous yeah stunts and everything like in an attempt to kind of maybe kill him or right. like rattle him or something like that and i i didn't get that at all while i was watching the movie and by the way like that is like a pretty solid plot summary like yeah. there really isn't much of a plot to this i think it's you know and they're not sort of comparing this to uh once upon a time in hollywood is is pretty apt because i i don't think there's a lot of story in this movie and i actually like i, I like one of my complaints for it is that and that it doesn't really have much character development um even though i think it kind of thinks it does um you know but like as far as like those stunts go and that like the idea that they're like ever increasing in their difficulty and and sort of level of danger like i I just never really got that because uh, well and i feel like even oh sorry Mm. Uh, i want to finish this thought oh sorry god uh i never got that because when we see him doing these stunts they they just like play this uh like kind of wacky music that's and true. I I never think that he's at all in danger, uh, you know. So like the, I think the, like the first main stunt that he does is like this sort of like rooftop chase. Like he's in a movie. Like the movie they're filming is like a, a, a like a German war film, and uh, the first sequence is him like running around rooftops and stuff. And they're like random explosions happening. People are shooting at him, and he's sort of like jumping from platform to platform. But like none of it ever really seems dangerous, especially because this music that's playing that is like really chipper and just like innocent. It's just like, (laughs) yeah, like nothing bad is going to happen to this person. Um, But anyway, yeah, like what was your... Well, I was going to say like it it becomes kind of a plot point. um, I feel like too late in the movie where he's... um, uh, Who who plays the stuntman? Railsback? Yeah. yeah yeah uh, i can't remember his first name is steve 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 rails back where he even says like oh i I think was it eli uh, is peter o'toole eli is yeah the director yeah where he says oh i think i think he's he might be trying to kill me or whatever but like he even says that like that's that's a line of dialogue Mm -hmm. but it's like so late in the film that you're like oh have you always been thinking this like what (laughs) yeah like again there's like there's not enough character development in it to I, I don't know to like yeah. to to sort of uh further that point and they throw in a weird love story with the stuntman and the lead actress played by barbara hershey and it's like they kind of fall in love and then they have a, a, a real quick falling out and getting back together when he finds out that she had sex with the director it, yeah it's, <laughs> it's, it's literally like one scene after another he yells at her and then they get back together <laughs> it's really weird because yeah like she's this like beautiful actress who's like pretty established in movies and she just like sees this guy once and 
fucks him and (laughs) (laughs) after he fucks the makeup girl (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah and Uh, then he's mad at her for fucking the director and i'm like yeah yeah that 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 stuff is really weird uh i i didn't get that at all like i like the character dynamics in this i thought were very strange yeah um yeah like yeah i didn't get that at all and i feel like that's something that the movie is sort of like building uh at the end and i i just couldn't take it seriously because like there's there's no way this like beautiful established like semi-famous actress who would just be like oh yeah this this random fugitive stuntman yeah like after one day i'm fully in love with him and i'm ready to like quit my career and run away with him which is also kind of laughable because I i would say most of the set most of the crew on the set knows that he's a criminal yeah and no one cares like, no one knows what he actually did, but they're all like, yeah, sure. He's the new stunt guy. <laughs> like, wait, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and in fairness, like, I, I think toward the end of the movie, I actually think, like, the last half hour of it is kind of great. Yeah, I do. Um, That's what I was going to say. I was but, thinking about that earlier, that I really started to get into it at the end, and then it, and then it ended. Yeah, so, like, I, I mean, uh, again, you know, sort of following Looney Tunes back in action, I feel like this is actually a little bit of like a live action cartoon where it's it's a lot of just like these setups for these stunt scenes that yeah. like, I don't think the movie has like much of a through line of like a narrative plot or premise. Right. I think it's just like this this basic idea of like, okay, it's a fugitive um who who becomes the stuntman of a movie and they can kind of utilize him however they want because they kind of have him over a barrel yeah um you know so like it's just like a bunch of these setups where like he has to do these stunts and like i don't think they're interesting enough um well and i feel like I mean, going back to the movie being over two hours long, like you were talking about the rooftop <sighs> yeah. scene, like I feel like that scene is like it goes ten on minutes forever. Yeah, and, and and it's also like unrealistic in the it's sense like that like the full scene because like he's surprised by half of it. Yeah, you know, it's like there are like certain explosions or things that happen where he's like, "Wait, what? Why is this happening?" And it's like they yeah. didn't they didn't practice this. They didn't. Yeah, because he he comes across like one of the other stunt guys in the tower and he's like go or whatever like he's telling him like go 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 it's like they just shot this on the fly it's like it's literally one shot that's like four minutes long of him like jumping over 30 rooftops um and then the cops keep showing up (laughs) yeah which is also kind of a a benign threat <laughs> through the entire movie like yeah. i never think that he's in danger of getting found out no and i think they could have done a lot better job of you know so like i think peter o'toole as the director of the film uh sort of like keeps the cops at bay and i think yeah. some of that is pretty entertaining but like i think they could have done a lot more with that um i, I don't know yeah, because before, well, and I don't know if you touched on this yet, but before he he kind of stumbles upon the set, he encounters their other stuntman who, and he like inadvertently causes him to die in a way. 
Like yeah. he, he thinks that he's just a, a driver and he's trying to hitchhike, but like he's trying to film like a, a, a car scene and he thinks that he's going to run him down. So the Railsback character throws like something at the car and the car take, yeah, goes like off the bridge and the guy ends up drowning. So he takes his place. And yeah. then like for like half the movie, you're wondering if, if Peter O'Toole, the director, Eli, you know, meant for this guy to die and wanted to film it. And that was going to like, you, you have this thought like, they planted in your head that like he wants to kill stuntmen. So like, I, so that's uh, like, they don't do a, enough with it. That's a thing that I read in all of the reviews yeah. that praise this movie. You know, and I I just didn't really get that from it. Like I I, I didn't get that until t- like toward the end where he right or Railsback specifically like explicitly states I think he's trying to kill me. Yeah. Um. Because before that, it just seems like so benign, you know, and there's like an hour and a half where it's just kind of like, I mean, there are some interesting scenes, but it, it is weird that through most of the movie, no one cares that the stuntman died. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like they all, they all just accept that, oh, uh, that guy's gone and there's this random new guy right. here. Um, and if he's posing as that guy, what happened to that dude's fucking body? <laughs> I don't remember that ever being discussed. No. Um, you know, but, like, there are also things that, like, that happen in it, too, where, like, I feel like they kind of cheat a little bit, where, yeah. like, um, there's, like, that sequence where they're filming the the scene on the beach where it's, it's a, like, a scene in the movie where, you know, it's a war film and uh, the beach is being bombed. Yeah. And it's like a crowd of people watching the scene being filmed and, uh, you know, the special effects are like so good that like all these explosions go off and it looks like all these guys like lost their limbs and everything. Uh, people watching are like, people are like gasping. Yeah. And like, I mean, they were there the whole time. They, they (laughs) had to have seen the setup for that, like of them, like burying their legs in the sand. Yeah. Like, how did you miss that? To make it look like they lost their limbs (laughs) and stuff. Oh my God. You know, like it's, it's a weird thing where it just like kind of throws the audience off. Um, but I feel like, I feel like actually it would have been like stronger for the movie if only the Ralsback character had like gas because he was also like a Vietnam vet. Yeah. So like if, you know, the whole crowd is watching and they're just like sort of entertained and he's like, Oh my God, call an ambulance. Like what the fuck he happened was, to all yeah, these well, people? He was yelling like, get the medic or something like that. Yeah. And I'm medic. Like, yeah. You know, like, I which think is such like a war thing to yell. <laughs> I think it would have been much stronger, like, and much more effective if just he is yelling about it. Yeah. Um, and then they like cast him as the stuntman. Right because uh, he's the only one that showed up late <laughs> yeah yeah um so like I, that, that's just a weird thing there's also the 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 weird aspect where uh peter o'toole the director is in this like weird like hovercopter crane yeah like half the time and i i don't know how it's being controlled yeah. uh and he's not actively like shooting a scene he's just in the crane <laughs> yeah he's just like following people around in this like a like little pod that has like a helicopter blade above it that's like swoops out of the sky yeah like again i don't know how it was controlled um i thought i actually thought it was pretty distracting yeah it's (laughs) silly how the fuck is this thing working yeah um yeah i don't know um 
I don't, I, overall, I thought it was okay. I, w- I was pretty yeah. disappointed about this movie. It was fine. I feel like it would have been better if it ended with him actually getting fucked over. <laughs> I feel like that would have been pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I actually thought Steve Railsbeck, um was terrible in this movie. Yeah. Cause, well, he also, like, I feel like there are those people that, like, you see them as, like, that's a movie star. And I look at Steve Rell's back, and I think, like... There's a stuntman. <laughs> that is a truck driver. <laughs> like, he just... I, I, I don't know. I don't want to, like... Maybe it's offensive, but, like, he just doesn't have that, like, charisma or that, that like, screen presence that screams Eddie's a truck movie driver star. just pissed him off. <laughs> yeah, like, he just... I, I Again, like, I can't imagine Barbara Hershey just, like gushing over him like there's no way <laughs> falling for this for yeah <laughs> that she knows is a At criminal best. yeah exactly <laughs> and she doesn't know what he did yeah. he could be a rapist she has no idea yeah uh I, yeah like i thought all that uh. was really strange um <laughs> uh, i mean because at the end he, he they uh uh the stuntman and the leading lady, Barbara Hershey, they like make this like plan to like run away together or whatever. Like he's not going to do the final stunt that he thinks is going to kill him because it's the same stunt that killed the other stuntman mm-hmm. uh, with the car driving into the into the off the bridge into the river or whatever. Which about that? Sorry to cut in. Uh, it's amazing because at the end when they film that stunt, uh, the car going over the bridge, mm-hmm. uh, it's the entire crew there, but in the beginning. When they shoot it, it's just, just the car, the director, and the car. Yeah, and the car. <laughs> uh, very convenient for the plot. Well, and and he thought that she was in the trunk because she was hiding there. Mm-hmm. Which, and again, and before they shoot the scene, he goes to open the trunk, and like the actor that he's the stuntman for goes, "No, don't open it." If like if she loves you, she'd be in there, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "How the fuck does that guy know that she's yeah. in there? Like, what the fuck is going on?" And then. <laughs> And then he drives, and they, they they like mechanically blow his tire on him, and he goes off the bridge. And then when he's like going to the back of the car to try to like see if she's in the trunk, because he's like yelling through the seat. And then he looks out the window and he sees the director and Barbara Hershey like up on the bridge. And I was like, it'd be so great if he just drowned right now, <laughs> like if yeah. they just totally fucked him over. <laughs> but that would be like complete nonsense. But at the same time, it would be kind of awesome. Yeah. So like, uh, I think we, we both agreed that like the last 30 minutes are great. And I think it starts, yeah. I think where it starts to get good is, um, there's like a scene or a sequence where, uh, the Barbara Hershey characters, parents, uh, come to visit the set and yeah. Eli, the director, uh, during dailies, like inserts a nude scene of her. Yeah. And then, like, later on, he, he, like, mentions to Barbara Hershey while, like, during a scene that she has to be sort of, like, tense and emotional and sort of, like, distraught, he mentions, like, oh, by the way, uh, your parents were present for that nude scene. Um, You know, like, that's, that's where that, that, that sort of manipulation kind of, like, enters the plot, which is, like, way too late. Like, I think if the whole movie had had stuff like that, then it would have really worked, but, like, I think it sort of assumed that there were, yeah, that we were kind of thinking that throughout the whole thing, like, uh, because then it introduces the idea that like the the sort of romance between Barbara Hershey and Ralph Back, um, 
that that was maybe fake just yeah. to get him to do stuff. Um, right, exactly. Like when she shows up at the bridge at the end with the director, you're like, oh, fuck, she was fucking, she was playing him the whole yeah, time. Yeah, she was just playing him. Um, because, like, yeah. <laughs> there's also that, there's that scene. But, which wouldn't make any sense as it an ending. But it, it would, But it would be kind of, like, funny <laughs> to me. Like, oh, fucking, that guy's yeah. going to get drowned now. And there's that scene, too, where, like, they're, they're about to fuck, but, like, the writer of the movie is in the room right. for some reason. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like they're they're like they're starting to role play. Yeah. And uh and then he gets mad because she had sex with the director like yeah. ten years ago or something right. like that. But the, yeah, like the writer is in the room. And then like, they make up literally I, the next scene. I yeah. He's it, like, Oh sorry. Sorry I got mad at you. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not a good movie, actually. Yeah, like, I, mean, I, I was I was actually very disappointed. I'm I'm baffled that this was up for like best director, <laughs> best screenplay. I actually do think Peter O'Toole is amazing in it. Yeah, Peter O'Toole as, is pretty good as the it. director. Um, and like for the first half of the movie, you just see him as like just this asshole director that nobody likes, uh, and the police don't like him. They want him out of town. Like everybody wants him to just stop filming and leave. And it's not until they look at the footage of the original stuntman drowning that they start talking about, like, maybe he did it on purpose. Maybe he told him to keep filming because, like, he told the guy to keep rolling or whatever. And the, the whoever was operating the camera, like, turned the camera off because he didn't want to keep filming someone dying. But, like, the director was like, keep rolling, keep rolling. And that's when you first start going, like, all right, this guy might be a little fucking crazy. But it's so late in the movie. See, I think if, you know, because they show him in the helicopter in the beginning of the movie, and I think if they had shown that, like, yeah. he goes off the, the 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 bridge or whatever, and he's drowning, and if they show him saying, like, keep filming, keep filming, right, like, then, then there's, like, an edge to the whole movie where we think, right. like, this guy's kind of unstable or something, but, like, the fact that we don't see that and we don't find that out until like an hour and 40 minutes into the movie when right. we're already like worn out from it. <laughs> yeah. Like it just, that just doesn't work. I I, I don't know. Like I, I just, again, I think, I think uh, Peter O'Toole is great in it, but I think his character is sort of misused and yeah. Uh, I don't know. I would agree. Yeah. I think it's about, I think we've given the stuntman twenty extra minutes. Yeah, um, this one's gonna get the big chopperoo. <laughs> uh, yeah, a movie that nobody has seen. Yeah. <sighs> oh boy. So, Kevin, mm. Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Yes. Why did you pick it, and what did you think of it? Well, um, I picked this because I have always liked this movie, ever since I first saw it. Um, and then uh, watching it this time, I still like it. I still think it's pretty great. And actually pretty unorthodox as far as a Freddy and a horror movie go. Especially for 94, 1994. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because like, I mean, it's a, it's a slasher movie. 
technically, sort of, I guess. Mm. And Freddy doesn't show up until two thirds of the way through it. Not true. Why well, up like ten minutes in? Sure. <laughs> the, like, so what's the premise? Well, Go ahead. the premise is it's a, I guess, kind of a meta film. It's about the definitely a, a meta. Film. Yeah, the the actors and actresses mostly centered around Heather Langenkamp, who plays herself. I guess, sort of fictionalized version of herself. Supposedly, she was the, the actress who played the character in the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes, yes, in the yeah the original mm-hmm. the first one, um, and she is uh, I guess she gets like kind of prank callers and some odd stuff starts happening around her house. She has she's starting to have nightmares about like bad things happening to her I guess husband or boyfriend or whatever I guess husband. Um, and her, her husband who does special effects for movies right and who she dreams is doing like the new like sort of claw hand for yeah, freddy Krueger for, for a new freddy movie that doesn't exist as far as she knows not quite yet and then uh as the movie progresses she finds out that um that movie is kind of in production and he is going to be or actually is now the uh special effects guy on it and her son her young son played by uh miko hughes who famously uh 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 stabbed someone in the ankle in uh, pet cemetery when he was a little child mm-hmm. and uh he, un- and yeah, told he was also a little brat yeah told in kindergarten cop. right told arnold schwarzenegger that girls have a penis and boys have or boys have a penis and girls have a vagina i guess it depends on which videos you watch uh boys have a penis and girls have a vagina in uh, kindergarten cop is that true? Yeah, I think he's that the same kid. Huh, he's a little more astute than I am. <laughs> you still, you still figuring that one out? Yeah. <laughs> and um, I guess I'm a boy. And uh, I guess as the movie progresses, you kind of find out that the <laughs> the Freddy. I'm ignoring you. <laughs> <laughs> We're never going to talk about that again. Well, that I have my tongue out? <laughs> never. <laughs> I'm doing it to you this time. Um, yeah. Um, so I guess you find out that the the spirit the the spirit of Freddy Krueger or whatever, some sort of demonic spirit, is actually a real thing, and it just inhabited the character of Freddy Krueger. It's just, it's a very weird kind of concept, but, um, so, and now the idea is that this demon spirit that's inhabited the body of Freddy Krueger is now trying to enter the real world and is trying to enter it through her son's dreams slash bed slash whatever. And she's, uh, she finds herself, once she realizes what's happening, she has to fight Freddy, save her son and save humanity and (coughs) whatever. Right, yeah, and like as it relates to the topic, though, uh, Wes Craven is writing a new Freddy Krueger movie, right? Which because, ends up being the script to this movie, yes, itself, yeah, sort of a la adaptation, indeed. Um, uh, yeah. Wes Craven's New Nightmare, written by Wes Craven and Donald Craven. <laughs> I would watch that movie. <laughs> And there's, I love the scene with her when she goes to Wes's house and he's explaining the like Freddy demon to her. 
and how like it can be trapped by writers and storytellers and i'm like what is this what's what's even happening right now (laughs) so i actually think it's great for like the first i think like the first half of it is pretty great yeah um and then once it kind of turns into a freddy movie yeah, it yeah. It becomes I, kind of weird and silly. I, I think when it's like a, a sort of play on horror and Hollywood and how, um, I don't know, like, like there's that, that sort of idea that, uh, you know, the horror movies that directors or actors make sort of have an effect on them. Yeah. Like, I, I think that idea yeah. is, is kind of interesting where she's sort of like having these nightmares of Freddy uh you know based on the movie that yeah. she starred in right you know like so I, she I, knows it's not real but it's still haunting her yeah in her yeah i think i think that stuff is pretty interesting and uh and i think i think for a while the movie is doing something interesting with that um but then like toward the end when it, it, it kind of just dissolves into a freddy movie right where like you know they go into the underworld and which to its credit is maybe like the last 20 minutes i mean it's it's freddy like in full like appearing in reality to try to kill people is like doesn't happen until late in the game yeah yeah um yeah i mean i think i i texted you a little bit like while i was watching this yeah i was like you know 20 30 minutes and i was like this is fucking awesome yeah um and like I, I definitely think it's a really cool movie. Um, I have not seen maybe I've seen like the first four Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Yeah. Uh, like I have the collection, and I, I at one point I was gonna like watch them all, and I got through the fourth one, I think. Yeah. And it's sort of like Dream uh, Master. Yeah. Good. Good stuff. I was sort of like, yeah, uh, this is fine. Like, yeah. I, I definitely didn't feel, like, driven to watch more of it. But, like, this is definitely, like, on a higher level than just, like, trashy horror sequels. Yeah. Um, ooh. Yeah, and, like, as a, what is this, like, the seventh one? Yeah, I guess technically. Yeah. yeah I, if, I, and, like Freddy versus Jason came after this one, so, yeah. Yeah, like it's it's a very clever play on, on like the horror genre and on sort of like movie making in general. Um, I would agree with that, um, and it's it kind of there are elements of like that her life is becoming a Freddy movie, which I I do like. I really admire um, Wes Craven's like slow burn aspect of this movie where it's it's all kind of creeps in and creeps in and then just like like we said like it becomes like a full-fledged like nightmare on elm street movie way late in the game and it just kind of it really leads up to it and and he kind of plots it out nicely i think i would agree with that um where you get even like you know robert england is is great in it at playing himself and yet he's still like kind of creepy Robert England and she's still kind of like as she's having these Freddy nightmares and like all this weird stuff's happening like she kind of becomes like kind of afraid of Robert England a little bit yeah but, even, <laughs> even though like uh like as a person he's very like yeah. chipper and, yeah and kind of fun he's like a, like a bright personality yep uh yeah I like that too actually uh um, yeah and I do love um 
right before it really right before like she goes into the dream world and all that like it starts to get all you know nightmare on elm streety um where it becomes like she like this movie of her life becomes the new freddy movie where like it it she like calls the guy who played her father in the first movie uh, john saxon who played like the cop and he comes to her house and then like out of nowhere it just becomes he's the character in the movie Uh and he's like why are you calling me john and like like you're nancy you're not like who's heather like that kind of stuff and then she realizes like wait what the fuck's going on and then she realizes that she's become her character again and i feel like that was really well done and then, uh, yeah, and then it just kind of becomes a Nightmare on Elm Street movie after that, which yeah. is fine. It's it's the payoff, uh, and and he doesn't spend too much time on it. Yeah, so. I I mean I think I think for the most part, it's it's pretty good, and it, I, yeah. I think it does. I, I I I don't know. I think I think it satisfies all of like the whole checklist of what it needs yeah. to do. And it even has, you know, callbacks and stuff. Like she's reading Hansel and Gretel with her son. And then later, like he leaves her like sleeping pills that like are like the breadcrumbs and Hansel and Gretel leading her to, you know, the dream world. Like keep taking these sleeping pills and then you'll fall asleep and find me and save me. Like, you know, stuff like that. That it's kind of like nice little touches that, that Wes Craven put in. Yeah, I think filmmaking wise too, uh, like it's not like documentary-esque but like it it seems very it almost seems like uh like i don't want to say soap opera Mm. that seems like insulting but like there is like a a reality aspect to it where it's not it's not filmed with like it, it doesn't feel like a real hollywood movie for a while right um so like it seems like there is like sort of an element of reality to it which i think really helps um yeah yeah i would say so now we're just kind of watching it um yeah it's i don't know i don't know what what more can you really say about it it's just i I feel like it's worth watching i mean more so than probably a handful of the other freddy movies that are just kind of redundant i mean like i said i've never i think this is the seventh i have not watched the fifth or the sixth Uh, and I always got the feeling that this was Wes Craven's attempt to reclaim Freddy mm-hmm. because he be- just sure. became kind of like slapsticky and like kind of a goofy comedy slasher villain guy who would make quippy one-liners after he killed a teenager. And like, you know, I think Wes Craven was like, no, this this isn't how it started. This isn't how it should be. So, yeah. And then it immediately turned back into that <laughs> after he was done with this movie. Because they did Freddy versus Jason, and he just became, you know, regular old goofy Freddy again. So yeah. Uh, what would you give this out of uh, four stars? Out of four? Wow. Let's see. I don't know. I'd probably give it somewhere in the middle, two and a half or so. Oh really? I'd go three. Yeah, three. What would you give Looney Tunes and the Stuntman? <laughs> I don't know. Looney Tunes probably a two. I think Looney Tunes and the Stuntman, I'd give like two and a half. Yeah. I think they're fine. Like, uh, I think they're worth watching, but they're nothing really special. 
Whereas like this, I actually do think this does interesting things and um, I don't know. This is like, I, I wouldn't call it like revolutionary or anything, but yeah. like, I, I think it's pretty innovative. That's I think true. like the meta aspect of it is pretty interesting, yeah. especially for like the, you know, again, I, I don't know exactly which entry it is like the seventh yeah. film in the series like for it to kind of like reinvent what it is and sort of like look back on right its influence and be successful at it it debuted at number three <laughs> pretty big uh premiere opening weekend yeah um I, I i don't know i think it's a pretty cool movie this was out the same like summer that you know the the oscar movies were out forrest gump pulp fiction shawshank redemption this came out i mean this is and i believe i i wrote in on our our sheet here that it was nominated for 17 oscars 17 <laughs> 17 of them man it's crazy <laughs> yeah i mean this is uh this is a pretty good movie yeah and that's all i have to say about that Oh, gumping it. Yeah. No, yeah. I would, I I think I'd agree with you. Yeah. Three sounds about right. Cause it does. I I think it's a good movie. I think it's, it does really kind of reinvent the genre in a way, especially for 1994 when like nobody was doing that sort of thing. Well, it's, it's, nobody was thinking differently about horror movies in 1994. It's sort of like, (laughs) it's like a precursor to Scream. Yeah. Where, like, he, he definitely sort of, like, reinvented horror in Scream. Right. And I think this Deconstructed is sort of, like... Deconstructed it in a way, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I feel like this is, like, uh, not, like, a full deconstruction, but uh, I think he's kind of, like, starting that and sort of, like, sampling it a little right. bit. And then in Scream, he kind of, like, goes all out. And... Right. Which benefits from not being an established... Uh slasher or whatever it's not a freddy movie so he with scream he just he can play more with that because it's it's just a new new character new set of circumstances characters but yeah i would agree this one so here's the thing i'm hoping that you stop talking (laughs) and i think you're hoping that i stop talking (laughs) (laughs) We're fucking wasted. <laughs> Can we just stop talking? <laughs> sure. If you want to, we can stop talking. Oh my god. <clears throat> it's one forty in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, it's really <laughs> I don't know if we said anything of value in the last uh, six hours. (laughs) That pizza was good, though. We're just doing like the the Chris Farley show skit on Saturday Night Live. It's awesome. (laughs) This movie is awesome. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Anyway, (laughs) yeah, it's good. You're drunk. I'm (laughs) wasted. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, that's been the bonus show. 
for Hollywood movies. Yeah. I'm Bradley Ryder. I'm Kev. Silent Brad. <laughs> Brad, it's good to see you. Is it? We'll see you guys back here in like 10 days or so for the uh, preview episode. Until then, uh, Floogie Dugans. <laughs> Creek. Okay, goodbye. Dawson's Creek. <laughs> are you done? Are you going to do sign off? What's going on? <laughs> you doing you're in the silent Brad bit again. <laughs> Okay, goodbye. Okay, goodbye. Yeah, I'm Bradley Rudder. <laughs> Wait, I thought we were done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> All right. Ah, the old tongue phone. See ya. <laughs> Did we have a good sign off at all? Maybe not. Should we do it again? Anyway. So uh, that was a great episode that we just did. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was very coherent. And uh, I thought we made a lot of really good points. Yeah. Lucid points. Oh, Sober man. lucid points. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. Um, so I, I just... I. I think we covered literally everything that there is to say yeah. about all three of these movies. Right. Um, you made a great point about the cross-dressing in Looney Tunes back in action. Did I? I don't remember that. <laughs> nope. Um, didn't happen. I mean, we, we were just like covering so much shit that uh, yeah. I, 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 I'm i sure that I forgot half the points that I made because they were, they were so all good. really good. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. was just on a roll. Uh, I just went into like a, you know. It's like, easy to lose track of things that are that good. Like... In, consecutively yeah i was just kind of out of my mind went to a different state yeah and was crushing it um <laughs> so i don't know what you were doing yeah you really you killed it. fucking it up but you really killed it i was just over here yeah. jerking off to a book jacket <laughs> which one <laughs> <laughs> the orchid thief <laughs> uh yeah uh so anyway yeah, yeah. uh editing is possible i mean really what more needs to be said nothing nothing i i mean we could have said nothing about two and a half hours ago a lot of editing this is not helping (laughs) nope so thanks for listening i'm rather utter see you on the other side I'm Kevin Valkenberg. Okay, goodbye.